U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met with External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar, NSA Ajit Doval and Prime Minister Narendra Modi in his maiden visit to India from 27 to 28 July. This is the second visit of a high-ranking U.S. official to India since the Biden administration took over in January this year. On the agenda of this diplomatic visit were ongoing tensions on Afghanistan, India's role in the Indo-Pacific and the COVID-19 pandemic. However, his visit began not with his Indian counterparts, but with representatives from various states in India and a constitutional lawyer, where India's contention issues ranging from religious freedom laws, farmer protests, press freedom, minority rights, and the recent Pegasus Noop were discussed. This is not the first time that the US has raised the issue of democracy with India, the last being in the form of a public letter written by the chairman of US Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Bob Menendez, on the eve of US Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin's visit to India in March. At a joint press on 28 July, Blinken stressed the importance of the relation between the two countries, stating that there are few relationships in the world that are more vital than the one between US and India. In this episode, we will discuss the main takeaways from the visit and where the US-India relation is headed. To discuss all this, we spoke with Manoj Joshi, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. Secretary Blinken was in India for less than 24 hours, having landed in India on 27 July night and left on a plane to Kuwait the next day. However, in this short time, he may have ruffled the feathers of New Delhi by bringing up some contentious national issues. He started his day on 28 July by holding a roundtable meeting with civil society members. In his opening remarks at the roundtable meeting, Blinken said that, and I quote, All people deserve to have a voice in their government and be treated with respect no matter who they are. End quote. Issues concerning religious freedom, including the Contentious Citizenship Amendment Act, press freedom in the light of arrest of reporters, the recent Pegasus hack which revealed a list of journalists and rights activists who were surveilled upon, and the status on farmer protests were all discussed. Menaka Guruswami, a constitutional lawyer and members of foundations and NGOs representing different faiths were also seen talking to Blinken in a photograph that was posted on Twitter after the meeting. Later in the day, in an interview with CNN News 18, Blinken also spoke on the restriction on internet in India, with regard to the recent clampdown on social media companies like Twitter, stating that, and I quote, distinction between regulating misinformation in cyberspace versus political speech is a thin line. But as we stated earlier, this is not the first time that the US Biden administration has brought up the issue of democratic rights and freedom with India. On the eve of the visit of US Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin in March, Bob Menendez, the chairman of the US Senate Foreign Relations Committee, wrote Austin a public letter where he pertinently stated that, and I quote, getting the US-India partnership right is critical to addressing 21st century challenges. And that includes urging the Indian government to uphold democratic values and human rights. Now, during the same period, US-based human rights watchdog Freedom House also changed India's status from free to partly free in its annual report on global political rights and liberties. And responding to a question on India's human rights records, Blinken in a carefully worded statement said that, and I quote, We recognize that every democracy, starting with our own, is a work in progress. And when we discuss these issues, I certainly do it from a starting point of humility. Now, the MEA, anticipating that the issues of civil rights and democracy will be raised during Blinken's visit, 
stated ahead of his visit on 26 July that, quote-unquote, India is proud of its achievements in both domains and is always glad to share experiences and that it is open to engaging those who now recognize the value of diversity. But given the repeated critiques by the Biden administration on the center's action towards democratic rights, should India tread carefully with the United States now? Manoj Joshi, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, believes that the U.S. has always been sensitive on issues relating to democracy in other countries. And it all depends on where India stands on the U.S. interest. You know, I think what matters here is the place of India in U.S. interests. If U.S. interests demand, then I don't think they care too much about human rights, meaning after all, uh, they're also allied to Saudi Arabia. So that's not the issue. The question is, what place does India play, uh, play in the human rights, uh, in, 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 in the American interests. Now, of course, from the systemic point of view, uh, as a democracy, uh, the US also has uh, a large constituency uh, which would like to promote democracy globally and support democracy. Uh, lots of uh, non-governmental groups and other activist groups. Uh, so the US is always very sensitive uh, to uh, issues relating to democracy in other countries. The Blinken visit was also a chance for India to clear the air with the U.S. on the security challenges in, in Afghanistan, from where the U.S. troops are slated to withdraw on 31st August. Although the move of troops' withdrawal was not sudden, it may have left the country at the hands of the Taliban, who are gaining control of new areas for the past two months. We have covered the developments in Afghanistan in detail in our previous episodes, and a link for that will be in our show notes. In his statements on Afghanistan, Secretary Blinken said that, and I quote, if the Taliban took Afghanistan by force, and abuse the rights of people, they would make the country a pariah state, and no international support would be forthcoming. In the joint press conference, Minister Jay Shankar stated that peace negotiations need to be taken seriously by all parties, and that, quote-unquote, Afghanistan must neither be home to terrorism nor resource of refugees. Echoing his statement, Secretary Blinken stated that in the context of Afghanistan, the US and India are in alignment. While India may be looking for a detailed strategic outcome from the visit, the US in the recent past has been clear in its stance on withdrawal of troops and that nation-building was never the objective in Afghanistan. As a development partner in Afghanistan for the past 20 years, India has a lot at stake in the country and is a firm advocate of peace and stability of the country. However, with the US now out of the way in Afghanistan, what options does India have to protect its interests and investments in Afghanistan? Manoj Joshi weighs in. Well, you know, the obvious problem for India is that of security. But that's the that's true of all countries, meaning countries that have embassies there or countries that have interests there. Uh, so there is a common interest of various countries around the world, whether it is Iran, whether it is United States, whether it is Germany. You know, there's a common interest in ensuring a uh, stable and peaceful uh, Afghanistan. And Therefore, there is a possible. The, we, we do see some indications that all these countries uh, are coordinating to some extent uh, to try to uh, ensure that the Afghan situation doesn't get out of hand. And that uh, if there is a political transition, it's a peaceful transition, and it's not a peaceful transition which would eventually lead to bloodshed. So they, they want a controlled uh, situation there because it's in their interest, in their individual interests uh, to do so. But at the same time, since not many uh, countries have any leverage on the situation, they, uh, they keep on talking of the notion of 
Afghan owned, uh, you know, an Afghan driven uh, peace process. So the Afghans have to do uh, some things on their own. They can be supported by uh, the international community. Along with Afghanistan, China was at the forefront of issues discussed in the Blinken visit. And according to a congressional report, U.S.-India ties will continue to expand due to China. The report released by the Congressional Research Service stated that aside from India's domestic developments, including on human rights, the Biden administration's broader policies are not likely to change due to the perceived overarching need to counterbalance China. In a clear message to China during his visit, Blinken also met with an official from the Tibetan government in exile and a representative of the Dalai Lama. Now, to counter China's growing economic presence and its aggression in the Indo-Pacific, the US, Japan, India and Australia in 2017 set up the Quadrilateral Coalition, or Quad. In an interview with a media organization, Blinken stated that it is unfortunate that Beijing is acting more repressively at home and more aggressively abroad, and that India is a strong partner for the US to effectively engage with China. However, in another interview, Blinken clarified that the Quad Group is not a military alliance, but a group of like-minded democracies. According to Manoj Joshi, India's record in the Quad is not very good, given its lack of contributions to the group. He added that the relation India has in the Indo-Pacific, specifically in countering China, may depend on what it brings to the table. Well, you know, the thing is, the, the Quad uh, Secretary uh, Blinken very clearly said that this was not a military alliance. That's a very categorical statement uh, he has made. And he says that it's basically a coalition of democracies which has a range of interests, you know, from, uh, you know, enhancing COVID uh, protection to, to uh, climate change, to maritime security. So lots of issues uh, are there. Uh, but to promote this, you require, you see, if you are part of the Quad, you must contribute your own share, meaning what do you bring into the whole uh, situation? And India's record has not been very good in the sense India had promised to be the hub of the vaccine uh, distribution uh, plan and uh, that whole thing collapsed meaning because uh, india i think overestimated uh, its uh, capacity to be a major vaccine producer so that that that, that was an issue and uh, so likewise uh, the question eventually for the other members is what does india bring into the table and uh, right now no one is sure what India brings to the table. Yes, uh, in the larger Indo-Pacific context, India is a large country on one end of Indo-Pacific, uh, but I don't think it has much of a capacity to, uh, uh, you know, uh, for outreach uh, to the Pacific part of it. It doesn't have the outreach capacity, meaning it doesn't have economic interests uh, of that nature. Uh, you know, though uh, Secretary, uh, though, though uh, Minister uh, Jaishankar spoke about, you know, India's uh, trade, uh, uh, etc. You know that we have sea um, uh, lane security trade uh, going to the region, but we often forget that a lot of that trade is to China. So the, I don't think we are going to protect. Uh, you know, uh, um, I don't think the Chinese are going to disrupt the trade, which is uh, basically benefits it. You know, so in any case, this is a bit of an over uh, statement that, you know, that so far there has been no disruption of that uh, trade. There, there, there is an issue with regard to the South China Sea Islands, uh, but there has, uh, there has never really been uh, a disruption of the trade route in any kind, because, you know, that would 
basically also disrupt trade to China, meaning China would be cutting its own nose to spite its face if, if it disrupted those trade deals. During the visit, the shared interests of India and US cooperation against the COVID-19 pandemic were also raised by both the sides. In a joint presser, Blinken stated that, and I quote, India and US together around the world will be leaders to bring this pandemic to an end. Blinken also announced that the US will be sending additional aid of $25 million to support vaccination efforts in India. The recent aid is on top of the already $200 million provided to India by the US. However, according to Manoj Joshi, for India to be in a position where it may require aid for COVID, contrary to the claims made by the centre that there are no production problems, does not present in a good light on the international stage. I think the US understands that this was an uh, extraordinary uh, set of uh, circumstances. But nevertheless, the fact that, you know, the US, India has been the largest recipient of US foreign aid between 1950 and 2014, meaning we are the largest. We are even larger than Israel or anyone else. Okay, uh, so and a lot of that aid was given in the 1950s and 1960s. Uh, you know, and uh, which where the U.S. helped us to become self-sufficient in agriculture. They helped us with food shipments. Uh, so we were in pretty bad shape. Now the point is for the U.S. to return uh, to an India which is requiring aid is not a particularly good sign in the sense that it shows that India has certain weaknesses uh, because we ourselves were told by our government that, you know, everything is fine, that uh, we'll deal with the vaccines, there should be no problem. Uh, but I think they completely misread uh, the situation. They completely misread India's vaccine production capacity, which is hugely dependent, firstly, on um, uh, on uh, supplies from the US and from other countries. So we, we uh, as I said, that we, we misread our own abilities out there. And so the question for the US would be that in how many other areas is India really sure of itself? Meaning, does India really have many, uh, you know, uh, have uh, what it's needed uh, to become, um, meaning constantly external affairs minister, uh, Jashankar and Prime Minister say of becoming a leading power. India wants to become a leading power, not a balance. So, so do, does India have that capacity? So that is the issue. US and India will meet again at the Quad Summit, which will be held in the next few months. To follow more updates on India-US relations, stay tuned to The Quint. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.